Hey, folks, welcome back to the DC3 cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, our friends and Zach. We're here to talk about the comics that are being released on November 15th, 2022, starting with uh, Nightwing number 98, written by Tom Taylor and uh, illustrated by Danielle Di Nicolo. Nicolo? I think it's Nicolo. Are either of you familiar with their work before or no? No. Yeah, yes, but I cannot remember where it may very well have been just like a DC anthology. Let me let me look. I'm looking this up quickly. That series uh seven, seven secrets, secrets with yes. tom taylor yeah ah, okay that makes sense that makes I total didn't read sense that. Has, when, have either of you read that i've read the first few issues it was it was fine but not uh nothing i stuck with sure so oh first of all i was correct in my initial skepticism it is uh it, it, he is he is a male uh probably pronounced danielle i would guess um but spelled like the female name Danielle. Anyway, um, I had not read anything about this issue until I, mean, I probably saw the solicit, but just it didn't, you know, it rolled over my smooth brain. And you guys said we should read this issue. And I think it was actually Vince who suggested it, correct? I, I'll sure I'll take the credit for this one. Yeah, there's okay. no way of knowing, honestly. Yeah. Um, but thank you for doing that because this issue is fantastic. This is yeah, a really, it is really good. Comic. Yeah, it rocks. It absolutely rocks. Um, let's talk about it for a minute. Zach, what was your favorite part of this book? Man, I don't. Uh, I don't know if I like have a the Dick the the Ray Grayson bit. Absolutely. <laughs> Who doesn't love Rick Grayson? Rick Grayson. No, I mean, like, just everything. It's like, I guess, like, my favorite bit was essentially when, like, Nightmite was like, you could be the new blockbuster and setting up this, like, potential new, like, status quo for Dick, but also kind of, like, even more than that, hinting at, like, his central role in the dcu that we are always like constantly teased with but that like seems like williamson may be really like zeroing zeroing in on in dark crisis and like i don't know i just i would love like a dcu that just like dick grayson was the the center of everything i don't see Um, why we haven't gotten that yet because it feels like everybody wants that yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This just had so much stuff. Like I like everything that Batmite did, you know, jumping through like the different Dick Grayson appearances, the the Dick and Babs wedding, um then like the stuff with Neron. Yeah, that was wild. That was yeah. wild. The the oh the t shirt that Batmite has that's like this this <laughs> the panel of Bruce slapping Dick, but yeah, it's but reversed. It's Dick slapping Bruce, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, the stuff with the with the uh, Haley, their dog. It was all just like so fun and good and wholesome. The art is fantastic. Like, I know that we're all like pretty big Bruno Redondo fans. I think generally from from like 
the stuff in Suicide Squad. And I think we've maybe been a little down on the stuff we've read of, of theirs in um, Nightwing, but like this, this artist is such a good match for this book and could do almost anything in, in the DCU, I think. Like just such a good, just like very good cartooning. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Uh, would would apply to almost any like fun DC character, you know, like Nightwing, Superman, Flash, um, Teen Titans, like, yeah, just just really really strong work and very enjoyable. Vincey, go off for a minute. Yeah, I think um, this is like a perfect near damn near perfect issue of like a a light fun one-off comedy comic you know um i would like to see a book try to sustain itself doing just issues like this but of course i i don't think i don't think that kind of book um lasts very long at the big two anymore you know Mm, yeah um I think more books, this actually kind of reminded me of the flash too. Although the flash hasn't really done anything this playful yet, but you know, I think of like the wrestling issue of the flash for the most part, that issue had nothing to do with anything. Uh, But you know, they were willing to take a month and do just a fun goofball gag of an issue. And that's what this is. And this is about the best form of that, that you can get because it, it takes the entire history of this character that is widely beloved by, you know, I, I don't know anybody who hates Dick Grace and I'm sure they're out there, but Dan DeDio. Yeah. 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 Gotta be one of the most on the whole, like one of the most beloved DC characters though. And just like treating this as like a celebration of him, but also like goofing on him a little bit and, you know, bringing in a character like Raven to, to to do her own thing in relation to to Dick, you know they have a they have they have something of a relationship. Uh, yeah, they they were New Teen Titans together. Yeah, exactly. Even though what I was going to say is, even though that has been kind of like decidedly, they've kind of decidedly been driven apart because I I think like in in the last decade or so, Raven gets associated with this other group kind of and then dick is over here you know it's almost like mm-hmm. it's almost like raven is like with the younger yes yes like like um what am i thinking of like the beast boy Teen and... titans go you know yeah, jeff ba- john's teen titans exactly basically yeah. if you were if you were on teen titans go except for robin who is apparently dick in that right oh it is okay (laughs) well i think i think it is but but like but no but your point still stands because there is very much like a like a they're not really separate but they're not they aren't together they don't really treat raven like a titan when they talk about titans versus teen titans right yes that is that is like an important signifier there titans versus teen titans that's that's a really good way to put it into yeah 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 So anyway, it's nice to see her in here and and the fact that Night Might is like like in the beginning he's a little bit annoying like in a funny way, but then by the end like it's really heartwarming, kind of like different twist on the fifth dimensional imp thing where like 
he's going to be a good guy. <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. you know, he may be like a prankster, but, but his like, his heart is on the side of good, you know, like he wants to be different and wants to be better. Yeah. And um, all of that really works. And the, the art is what really makes that hit home and, and it makes the whole thing go. And uh, man, yeah. One, one of the best single issues and if you didn't read anything, if you haven't read Nightwing in 10 years, you could pick this up and you pretty much get it. Like, it's it's great. It's probably the best issue of this run. And it's I'm not down on Bruno Redondo's art in Nightwing. I think it's more like it's getting all these accolades because it's doing... I love the art style and I love... Like, I think Bruno Redondo is really talented and that talent shines through. But I think it's getting praise for purposely doing like Hawkeye gimmick stuff. And Mm -hmm. that that is the thing that I don't like that art's good enough on its own where you don't have to. You don't have to see the Eisner bait and go, oh, now it's really good. You know what I mean? I push back against that. Like, I think I think Bruno Redondo is just a straight up good artist from beginning to end and we don't need to specifically highlight the gimmicks. I, I know that is for some people. Uh, it's just not for me. Well, um, I, I also, I will push back slightly on that. I feel like there have been a couple of issues that are gimmicky, maybe three max, but those three, get all the attention. And I'll say I have felt since the beginning that the uh, Hawk guy comparison is a little bit overstated. It is, but, but like you can tell, like, it is, it is. But when they're when they're making it, sure, they're definitely sure, making sure. it. Sure, yes. Uh, they're I'll, not. I'll yeah, like, I mean, like the dog and the the. Well, he's the allowed to have a dog. Fair... <laughs> huh? He's allowed to have a dog. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's on. like a very like that's a very Hawkeye thing now, like the pizza dog thing, and it's it's handled in a very like similar way. I feel like the dog as a character is a thing, and I feel I feel like the comparisons are pretty. Uh, they're they're apt, but I but I would yeah. say I would say, yeah. If you think that that's all that this run is, that's that sure. is not true, you know. Sure. But like, again, um, DC doesn't do a ton of press, right? If you only looked at the press for this comic, that is what you think this book would be, you know. Sure. Like they sure. only they only highlight that stuff, really, <laughs> like. I, I think I think that's pretty safe to say. Like, yeah. they're they're leaning into that on purpose. Yes, I'll agree with that. Yeah. And that is like the Eisner bait stuff, which is kind of like the worst part of Cape Comics. Now it's like, yeah, you can tell when they're doing. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll say I don't even I don't even dislike. I don't want to make that sound like like oh when I see that stuff in Nightwing I get pissed. No, I it it's it's not that I like I don't like it any less. It's just that I don't. I can't heap praise greater praise on top of that stuff than the run as a whole. You know, I to to me that stuff doesn't stick out in a way that's so much better than the rest of the run. If that makes any sense. Sure. No, it does, yeah. Um and I I push back against like oh you you got to read the issue where it's all one uh panel sequence cuz like honestly that issue didn't didn't accomplish much aside from an artistic gimmick. Right. Um, there, there've been better issues of this comic, several. So, 
anyway, uh, th- this issue was excellent. Absolutely home run. Yeah, I even like the bit. I typically like don't love when like comic writers do kind of like sh- schmaltzy, like real world adjacent com- kind of current event stuff. But like the bit about like uh, kind of like fandom and idol worship that gets thrown in here is is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, so um, I, I want to say a couple of things about this. Uh, Vince took the words out of my mouth in one hand. Vince had said that no book has sustained doing a run of issues like this and then instantly talked about the Flash without putting together that the Flash is doing exactly this. Like, this Flash run has been made up predominantly of fun one to two issue arcs that are all sort of silly. Yeah, but the art's not as good. That is absolutely true. Um... But uh, yeah, it's um, I do think that in in some in some instances, the Flash is doing something very very similar to this, and that's great. That that is not me shitting on either. That is me praising both. That's really good. The other thing is that I I want to say a slight I told you so with this book, because I feel like I have been higher on the story in this book than maybe you guys have been. And maybe the Bruno Redondo gimmicky stuff has kept you away. But I thought this book has been a consistently high quality. I would say this is the best Nightwing book in I don't even know how long, quite some time. You know, I know we enjoyed Grace and Grace and something a little bit different than this. But I feel like, you know, Tim Seeley's Nightwing was fun for a little bit, but that got a little bit stale. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I think this is, you know, easily the best nightwing book since pre-flashpoint that that may be true i i haven't really like of the issues i've read i've not been impressed with it and i would say that this feels whole, pretty like wholly disconnected for, like this could be a first issue in a lot of, or you know someone's first issue this doesn't feel like wholly that connected to any other story that taylor's been doing um so yeah, I, I think that this issue to me still kind of like stands out as like an exceptionally good issue in a run that I haven't been that into. But but it, I, I uh, will say that I, I think a lot of the emotional beats in this issue are following up on things that have been happening throughout the run. Maybe. But, it, but it's also like you said, like it. this is also just kind of like a pretty it, anybody could come in having you yes. know with any yeah, familiarity with yeah. Dick Grayson and, and have everything you need. So yeah. 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 Um but no I I think that this is this is very, very good. I will also say that it seems like Taylor is really hinting at Babs and Dick getting married. And we've seen that in a, some of the press stuff as well. And I am going to be very surprised if DC lets that actually happen. When was the last time there was a high-profile DC marriage that lasted? Um, I don't know, but we're in a, we're in a new era, my friend. Like I know, but it's just it's it's been a very long time. Like I I, I mean, you know, we were supposed to have the uh, the Bruce Selena wedding, and that didn't happen. We have had marriages go away because of like timey wimey New Fifty Two stuff, but we haven't had a new marriage really emerge that wasn't uh, that wasn't I, I know Aquaman and Mira got married again kind of but like that's that's restoring an older thing right 
I can't remember the last real DC marriage that happened. And I think if they let Taylor do that, that's awesome. I think that that's a very good move for both of these characters. I think it establishes these characters. It, it, it finishes the job that started a couple of years ago. I would say Tim Seeley gets a little bit of credit for this. That first Tim Seeley Nightwing arc was called Better Than Batman. And it was the first time we saw somebody sort of in in continuity in you know outside of fans talking about it making the case that like dick grayson is is sort of the hero that we deserve that we want like dick grayson is is really a a much better version of batman in so many ways like dick and and i think that that is ultimately the place for his character to live that puts him in a different place than the rest of the dc universe is that Batman raised him to be better than him and that worked. And I think when you see the way that the relationships that Dick has with his friends and other heroes, that is better than Batman does it. When we see his interaction with his fifth dimension imp, he does that better than Batman does that. And I think it's important that we see even in his personal life, he does it better than Batman. So I think him getting married and Batman's marriage not happening is actually like a perfect character beat for the sort of Dick Grayson meta narrative that's been going on for the last five or six years. Uh, and and it's really, really cool isn't and impressive. It, isn't it wild that that Tim Seeley run is the same volume as this book? <laughs> it is crazy. Yes. <laughs> Uh, there, I think there was a period of time where it wasn't being published, though, right? I don't think so, no. Really? Okay. I think it's been published continuously. That is wild. Because um, it, yeah, think... it was Seeley, and then it was... Um, Brian, Brian, there was what? a period of time where it may as well have not have been published. Yes. That, yeah. that might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> who, who, was, who was the writer when it was like Mooneyham on art? Humphreys or no? No, 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 no. When Mooneyham was doing that, that's a good question. Hang on. Look on this up. I really uh, can't remember. Okay, so. Uh, come on. Where are you, DC Wikia? Okay, so the series started, obviously, with Tim Seeley. Um let's just pick issue 20 issue issue 40 see who was writing it then sam humphreys you're right but that was bernard chang was Uh, doing the art at that point i forgot humphreys did this book wow anyway um the last bit i wanted to say about this um the that's what i want to say about this issue is that i think what the art does here is All right, let me back up slightly. I think it's really interesting when there are books that have an issue that takes a, a big tonal shift and a jump for a special issue. Like, you know, you'll see it sometimes if there's an issue that takes place like in a dream or it's a flashback issue or whatever, and the art really matches that the tone of that issue, but it doesn't fit into the overarching visual tone of the uh of the run i think what makes this issue so special is that even though this art is very different than the month in month out redondo art i think there's something about the playfulness of redondo's specifically his page layouts 
that this doesn't feel like like such a total 180 from that. This feels very different, but it feels complementary as opposed to reactionary. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Uh, and I love that. I think that's really, really good. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of this, as we all should be. Um, any other notes on it? Um, well, issue 100 is coming up very soon. Would it be too wild to expect a dick proposing to Babs moment in that issue? That has been teased yeah. already in the solicit. Have you guys yeah. seen the cover of that issue, by the way? Probably. Oh. I can't I can't recall it, though. Just Google Nightwing 100 cover, and it's a Redondo thing. It's it's somewhat based on the old Super Friends logo as like the the text of it. Um, but it has almost every important character in the DC universe on it. Oh, and yeah. I, I kind of want a poster of that to hang in my office. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful cover. Yeah, that's great. I mean, and like, you know, for, for me in particular, it has Captain Marvel. It has Black Adam. It has Alan Scott. It has a bunch of Green Lanterns. It has all the Titans on it. It has all the Robins and other Bat characters on it. It, you know, it's it's just it's just chef kit. Chef's kit. It's amazing. It's so good. And yeah, I, I do think we're going to see a, a dick proposal in that issue. Um, Yeah, so that's that's awesome. That's this was a fantastic read. Thank you to whichever of you suggested it. Um, And let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about our second and final issue of the week. So stay tuned. Hello, denizens of Earth-1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. And we are back with the second half of our episode talking about Stargirl with the Lost Children number one, written by Jeff Johns, illustrated by Todd Nock. Uh, so I want to talk about this one thing about this before we get into our general thoughts. I want to talk about an, an issue, not an issue, something I thought was going to be the case and it maybe isn't the case now. I had thought after reading the new golden age and I know Zach just went back and reread the star girl spring break special. So maybe he has more insight on this than I do. I sicko. thought, yeah, he is a sicko. Of course. I thought that this was going to be a case of, there were these sidekicks in the golden age that we basically like were somehow supernaturally forgetting about them. Kind of like, remember that terrible justice league story from like the two thousands where there was that founding member we all forgot about. Yes. Yeah, I the forget. century. <laughs> no, that, that that is the same story at Marvel, though. Yes. Yes, I know. Uh, but like, you know, I, I thought it was going to be something like uh, like that. But it appears that people just forgot about them. Is, is that the impression you got here, too? That like, no, documents they, I, just got mixed up? <laughs> no, I think they did get like pulled out of time by like okay. the Time Masters. Mm -hmm. Because it it does. There are parts in this issue where it seems like People are starting to figure this out, and I don't know how that would happen if the, if it wasn't 
if they weren't just like forgotten yeah so yeah it does it is kind of weird i'm sure like will it will hopefully like be explained more but like the the person who's like figuring it out and like this is such a john's thing that like there's this character who has this like secret knowledge who's writing a book about it <laughs> and it's like but it's like one of the sidekicks of like a golden age hero who like survived and i guess has been like investigating it and and has been documenting it and that's where like inco is getting her information mm-hmm um, but no, I, it is kind of like, um, it, it is kind of, um, sentry esque Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, that said, Todd knock is just such a singular artist at DC. I feel like there is something, um, there is something just very nostalgic for me when I read a comic that knock has drawn it brings me back to like the 90s his 90s style is really good but unlike someone like let's say brett booth who's who is sort of all of the things i don't like about the 90s illustrators i feel like knock is sort of everything i do like about the 90s illustrators and just reading this book even if some of the stuff at times got a little bit too johnsy for me in parts overall this is a really really fascinating first issue of this of this story and i think this did more to excite me about the sort of jeff john's resurgence at dc than the new golden age did which is wild because the new golden age was established just to be a hype for this stuff and that didn't hype me as much as this did but i'm curious if you guys felt the same way about it um i mean i was already like you know i I did my whole bit on the new golden age issue. I'm, I'm all in on this stuff. And uh, <laughs> I, I really liked this issue a lot. Um, I'm not a big star girl person. Like I've never, I've never read that original run. I've, you know, I've only it, read the, the um, second iteration of the John's JSA. So I don't, I, you know, I didn't read that uh, initial run. Stars and Stripe um, is very good. It it is not that long either. Yeah, I know it's uh, only th- like what, like fifteen issues or something, something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit longer than that, but it 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 is worth like a, a nice weekend read sometime. Yeah, maybe I will now. But um, yeah, I I liked this a lot. I thought that the, I mean, yeah, the the art is. I think I had maybe kind of written Todd Knock off as kind of just like a a bygone of the '90s or something, you know, kind of in that. Not, not that he is a bad artist, but just like the style is not something that I'm into, you know, like the, the Tom Grummets and the, uh, everybody who draws like Dan Jurgens but isn't Dan Jurgens, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. That, that like wheelhouse, I, I, I guess I had kind of like written him off, but this is, this is like some of the best stuff at DC right now. I think artistically it's, it's that good. Um, and I think that not to interrupt you, Zaki, but I, I feel like yeah. this is pretty representative of what knock has done his whole career. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's just like on me, uh, I think for just thinking that this was like a style that I wasn't here for anymore, but um, yeah, this, this is really good. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just like, I don't part of the part of my enjoyment of this is just the fact that I have given myself over to like the Jeff Johns hype machine again. 
Um, like I'll I'll admit that racism um, is back on the menu, boy. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> And see, I was thinking Ed McMahon's dance machine the whole time. Now, Viv DeVoe. Yes. Collar tugging. Um, no, no, I uh, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. You know, I did do, I, after, so I, I went back because the Jeff Johnson, I don't really want to like get into the whole like, no, no, Jeff, I know. but like, I, I have like continually been like perplexed by just like, how little um steam that whole thing has like how just like no one talks about jeff johns ever you know good or bad and well, that, about that once thing... a month about once a month he trends on twitter and then yeah i'm and reminded there's... i'm reminded of the allegations exactly exactly but i was i was looking up and reading stuff and and um it uh i i did not know that um Number one, I don't think I knew that like Jeff Johns had ever been married, nor that I nor did I know that he has been divorced. But his his ex wife is actually um, is actually a black woman and came kind of came to his defense. And like obviously, you can have you can still be a racist and have people of color in your life, but um, it's just a, an interesting well, fact about Jeff Johns' life that I didn't know. Yeah, and I honestly I don't know any. All all I know is when when his name trends on Twitter, there's uh, tons of allegations, and and you know like I'm I don't know enough about it to say whether any of it's true or not. Sure. I, yeah. I was, just, I was just trying to get off a goof. No, obviously, <laughs> based, obviously based on, based on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. If it's, no. If it's true, it's horrible. Um, if it's true, it's bad, and I'll take I'll burn all of his comics. But again, you know, like uh, we're getting way off subject here. But 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 what I will say is, every time allegations like this pop up on Twitter, like again, I don't dismiss any of it uh, out of hand. Like, s- yes, certainly, uh, this stuff is possible. But it's always just so funny to see like um, people who heard things like third hand. Uh, talk about it as if they were actually there. You know what I mean? Yes. And (laughs) and I will also say that I feel like we live in a culture now where if there are allegations against somebody, there are enough Twitter detectives that can usually figure this out. Uh Like not with any, even if they're not right, there is enough consensus that people get like capital C canceled pretty quickly now. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, like, there's just action is taken swiftly, right? Right. Yeah. Well, like, like, with, like in the cases of like Scott Alley and Warren Ellis, where like, right, that, exactly, the yes. hammers fell fast. Yes, that that's a great way to put it. And I feel like that hasn't happened with Johns. Yeah. And that either means that Johns just has more power in the industry to shut people up, right. or it means there's not as much fire where there is smoke. Sure. Yeah. The only the only other thing is I uh, that I'll say is Diane Nelson. Uh, suggested that at least some of it was real so there is there is that i will also say that um and again we're going so far off topic here <laughs> yeah but there, it's pretty there, bad there is like uh circumstantial evidence that Zack snyder said i'm going to ruin jeff johnson's career via twitter <laughs> so like when, when a villain <laughs> says that thing like 
you kind of have to believe that maybe that's part of it. I don't think it's all of it. I, I think there is some fire behind this smoke. I just don't know the appropriate appropriate amount of fire. And therefore, it is very strange to actually talk about this stuff. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. going to con- like I'm going to continue to be immensely uncomfortable just like with all of with all of it until like there. Until, until some until, kind until, of like until, general cons- consensus yes, is, yes. is reached because like I've talked about this before how like with John's like he is someone that in the past I have like been a big fan of he is he I may have like kind of drifted away from his comics for a while but he is generally someone that I like want to like and I I am always conscious of that like shading my reaction to these kind of things you know what I mean mm-hmm um and and i i hate that and i there there's even a part of me that even like nags it like do i even really want to like engage with this stuff with that doubt in the back of my mind um but also that is just like all media now too um yes yes and and i do think it is like a good thing when people are approaching like creators with a it's like the i mean it is literally the like the thing in the Nightwing issue we just talked about, about like, don't base your whole identity off of one person because they will let you down. Right. Right. Um, and so, um, yeah, I guess, um, in the meantime, I'm, I'm really enjoying this stuff. And, and if I'm going to do a podcast about DC comics, I'm at least going to try to read books that I enjoy and feel and feel invested in. That summarizes about a two-hour conversation we had two weeks ago, folks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Vince, what did you think of this issue? I liked it, again, with reservations. I, I think, like, uh, from from a purely, um, from a purely, like, uh, nostalgic, emotional aspect i i really enjoyed that opening with um tnt and dan the dynamite mm-hmm. because it harkened back to um characters that we haven't seen in f- forever you know mm-hmm. and it this whole issue really made like this we've said this a lot about dc comics over the last year or two about how we're finally actually approaching that like pre flashpoint feel, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Something that has been teased for years and years and years and is well-tread territory on this show. Um, But this is finally the issue that I picked up and read and, and said, this is it. This could have been pre flashpoint. Yes. This could have been the next arc of whatever star girl was up to, you know? Um, and in that way, like reading this was just like taking me back to a time where like, I guess I was a little bit more carefree and like, um, was enjoying the the weekly grind of comics more than I am now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Todd knock art also just really helps with that. I think the early sequence is made to look like a little weathered and worn mm-hmm. on purpose as if it's like an older story. The, the modern stuff. One thing we've criticized on this show in the past is um, 
like maybe some modern coloring aspects fitting better with art than others, you know, yes, than, than yes. style or not. I think we just talked about it with the. We did that, last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. The yeah, Jurgens issue. I the Jurgens yes, issue. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yeah. yes. I think even in the modern parts of this comic, that Todd Knock art is so like it. It goes so well with that coloring, even though it's not the same coloring technique that would have been used on knock art 10, 15, 20 years ago, you know? Right. Uh, it's it's still just it 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 still just uh evokes that style, that like classic Todd Knock. Like I don't I think his work exists between like between like the 90s and what we think of as modern art now you know his style is very much of that like mid 2000s i think mm-hmm. um but it's also so timeless i think he's one of those artists that can come could come 20 years later and be doing the same thing he was doing back then and have it just sing you know yeah um, especially on these youthful titles, like when he's drawing the, the, the youthful characters, it feels so right. It's not, uh, one, one of the other criticisms we've talked about, which is like adult faces on tinier bodies, <laughs> yes, you know, the, the yeah. uh, the, the, uh, Dan Jerkins, John Kent scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Like you look at there, there are pages with, um, Courtney and her mother in this, and you look at them and you go that, that is mother and daughter. Mm-hmm. But they are two distinct. They she's just not a smaller version of her mother, you know. Right, right. Um, it's it's uncanny, and and, and so that's one good. thing I, I just want to say about Knox art in general is that, and I would say like throughout the Stargirl appearances, even in JSA, they really made her look like a like a gangly, gawky teenager at times, like. For for a for an industry that overly sexualizes every kid that's ever been in it, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, she going. was always, she was always drawn like she had big ugly braces and her costume wouldn't exactly fit properly. They just they did a really good job of making her seem like an average kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, and I, I was gonna go along those same lines where like one of the unfortunate things that you see in comics. Um, is is when they is when they draw teenagers in that way you know um i think you know i i it's no secret i'm a fan of cheesecake but not <laughs> not when uh, it's supposed to be 14 <laughs> yeah not with these characters and I, there's not an ounce of that in in his art at least at least in my point of view you know like i think these are very realistic looking i mean they're they're uh in like superhero shape of course but not like like you said not not sexualized not not perverted uh, they're not doing uh some of the some of the gross stuff you would encounter even as recently as the new 52 um yeah in in that teen titans book there was a little bit of that and um yeah so so that's appreciated as well um, and just a fun, like, just a fun little mystery story. And the relationship between uh, Courtney and Emiko is um, is fun. I think I'm still, the, the, the one thing that's, that is, 
having me keep this at arm's length a little bit is I I don't know yet how I feel about inserting these lost characters that never really existed into this world yet. I that's it's a bold idea and I think for me I need to see how it plays out a little more before I before I decide whether I like it or not. You know what I mean? It's the sure. type of thing where like like you like if they add 12 characters to the DCU like this and then when this when this six issue mini is over or when John, John's like uh current meta narrative is is over it was all for nothing <laughs> really um like it didn't you, you could go two ways with it you could you could you could have the reveal happen you could have these characters come back and then basically never see them again or they could be woven into the tapestry of the universe and whether this works for me or not is really going to hinge on whether there is actually some some bigger plan here i feel like you may be disappointed with that buddy <laughs> I, that that's exactly what i'm saying I, yeah, yeah i'm 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 setting myself up not for disappointment but so that i will not be disappointed by expecting it basically right and then it makes me think well why you know tw- 12 sidekick characters that never really existed is that's quite a swing if it's going to ultimately mean nothing but we'll see we will see. This has the Newsboy Legion in it, which is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, oh, there you go. Well, I was going to say also uh, one of the missing characters is Secret, which I've never read Jeff Johns' Teen Titans run, but I know that's... Or no, Secret is from Young Justice, isn't she? I believe so. Not his Titans yet run. I really can't remember. I don't know. I've not yeah, read either. I, I, I couldn't just, tell you. I just know that she is like an important character from that. Um, and those, those are all like pre-existing characters, not ones that are made up for this. Um, yes. Yeah. I don't know this, this like plot line I am less invested in, I think than like the Helena Wayne bit from new golden age. That's going to be in JSA, but this is, part and parcel with that i'm, I'm gonna be reading this i'm in for a penny and for a pound as they say yeah i i'm uh i think the reason i like this more than i'm liking the other stuff is just the total lack of, of watchmen in this issue uh or any sort of watchman uh influence at all and uh you know so we'll we'll see we'll see how this all shakes out but this is a very good first issue and I think that's more than I thought I could say about it before I sat down to read it this week. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, and I, I am glad that I did go back and read that spring break special because one, it was good, and and two, it feeds into this like pretty heavily. Um, it's just wild to me that that came out over a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it still had that Brian Hitch JSA teaser <laughs> in the back. It did, oh, yes, yes. Let's not forget about that. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty crazy world that we live in right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah. Anyway, let's have a uh, uh, let's have a look at next week, Vincey. What what is coming out next week? Uh, next week we got Action Ten Forty Nine. We got Batman Fortress Seven. Uh, we got Batman Gotham Knights Gilded City number two. Batman the Audio Adventures number three. Dark Crisis the Dark Army number one. Uh, that Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead thing, issue three. Um, DC Mech, number five. DC versus Vampires, 11. Deathstroke, 15. Detective Comics, 1066. Harley Quinn, 24. Punchline the Gotham Game, number two. The Batman Scooby-Doo Mysteries, season two, number two. The Human Target, number nine. Tim Drake Robin, number three. Young Justice Targets, number five. All right. Well, if you need to get in touch with us until then, two thirds of us are on Twitter. I am at Brian is an app. And I am at the Wolf C. Vince will be reactivating his Twitter because he has an obligation this weekend he's not looking forward to. And so he will do anything to get out of our conversation. So find him on Twitter. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys soon. Like that, I, I I couldn't sit with folks who were like, it's fucking Namor, he's got the wings. Like, no, I don't give a shit. Like, I just, you know, I want to be entertained for three hours and drink my soda. <laughs>